This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome once again into the studios here in KCLR for Come On Kind. We are still on season at number two and this is episode 27. 27. God, it's hard to believe it. All them weeks ago when we started doing it. And it's almost season two coming to an end with the final of the All-Ireland Championships on Incro Park on the 7th of August, which is going to be the focus of most of our thoughts tonight and the thoughts of my co-hosts. As always, I'm delighted to be joined by Anya Fahey and the wonderful Paula Dowling over there. Anya and Paula, good evening. Hello, how are we? Good morning. Oh, good evening. <laughs> good morning. God, is it that bad already? Is it? It's been a bit mad, a bit mad. <laughs> well, it's certainly going to get madder, I can tell you, over the uh, the next week coming up. Of course, Kilkenny preparing for an All-Ireland final on the 7th of August against the arch rivals of Cork. A festival of Camogie on you that day. We have the junior and the intermediate finals as well. So it's uh, it's nice to see that we have, what, two three, four, five different teams in Crow Park on the 7th of August. The junior kicks it all off at 12 o'clock and it's the northern pair of Armagh versus Antrim and of course Armagh was there last year against Wexford. Wexford pipping them at the post and coming away with the victory. So uh, yeah, great to see Armagh back in the final but it's great to see Antrim like for their second team uh, in the final as well and it could be great for the Saffron Gales up there that they could have a senior and intermediate team playing in the championship next year. Yeah, it would be excellent for them. I think if memory serves me right, it's their first year after, it's their first year actually putting um, a junior team into the competition as well. So to see the work that they're after doing this year alone and for the girls to get to an All-Ireland final, that's, um, you know, that's a serious achievement, of course. Everybody would be, ho- be probably looking at Armagh and considering that they were in an All-Ireland final there and we obviously know that Wexford came out victory in that. But, you know, I think probably the experience alone that Armagh will have gained from being and playing in an all Ireland final and already playing in Crow Park, it's going to probably serve them a lot. And, you know, for everybody that's maybe looking at scorelines in the competition, Armagh definitely have been, you know, one of the, the main teams and the, the biggest threat. And, the, you know, the Donnelly girls there certainly are, are kind of um, he- heading the way there. Yeah, they certainly are. And then the intermediate, of course, we have Galway and Cork. The two semi finals were on in Kilkenny last weekend. And while Galway had it, a small bit easy over meat. I think Derry is going to be kicking themselves because like Waterford and the senior the week before, yeah. Derry had their chances against Cork last week and they didn't take him. Cork did and they are now playing Galway in the final next Sunday in the intermediate grade. Yeah, I suppose. <clears throat> you know, I think if you were to look at probably the, the games and the group stages, everybody was kind of looking at potentially a Cork and Galway All-Ireland final, but you're dead right. I think Derry will be extremely disappointed that they did, couldn't get it over the line. And I believe like there was nearly six or seven minutes of extra time played in that as well. And, you know, Derry were... Four announced and went into the fifth one, in it? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Derry were kind of leading the way and probably had their you know their foot halfway in the door of an All Ireland final only for you know Cork I suppose showing their resilience and kind of coming back and that never say die attitude and I suppose after you know Derry overturning Cork in the in the league stages up in Derry Cork probably had a point to prove um, you know from a Camogie point of view it would have been great to see Derry in the All Ireland final but listen Cork have certainly been you know great contenders this year and they've been a very tough like you know we've seen them play the intermediates down in Cork um, you know they put up 
I won't say a great display, I think a decent display, but managed to get through the group stages and came out on top in all early semi-final and that's what matters most. But I think the team certainly of the year in this year's Intermediate Championship has been Galway. They are raking up serious, serious scores and, you know, they're definitely going to be heading into that as um, red-hot favourites and, you know, potentially having the fact that their their seniors aren't in an All-Ireland final, it's probably going to be a major boost for them as well going into it so they don't have to worry about girls maybe overlapping and training, you know, girls being taken for senior training and not intermediate training or whatever the case may be. So there's certainly going to be a lot of advantages to them and you will be expecting potentially Galway, I'd imagine, to come out of that. However, with both of them and there's always this fear it's the very same as if Kilkenny get there as well Paula um, either one of those teams win with Galway and Cork you potentially have 15 to 20 players mm-hmm. that are not eligible now to play intermediate if they win and with the panels as they are at senior level already um, like is there a case and I mean we've seen it before especially at county level maybe not at all Ireland level but the two teams would participate at senior level. I don't know whether it would be possible or not, but it seems very unfair. It happened to us in 2016. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of girls actually went away from the sport because they weren't going to make the senior panel and they couldn't play intermediates because they've been there already. Is there something to look at for the likes of that, that we play a, a senior B or something instead of intermediate? That's a very difficult position. Um, I suppose it's catch-22. As a Camogie person, you'd be saying, isn't it great to get both teams into an All-Ireland final or to win All-Irelands? It's a brilliant position to be in. But then the onus comes upon your management structure to look at the players that are coming through to blood those in. And it may be a case that some of the players that would have been involved in this... Inter- See, the problem is you've got your people that won their All-Ireland medal if both were to win, right? There's girls that are on the panel and haven't had any game time with the senior team should there be an allowance whereby they should be allowed to drop back to intermediate and the girls that won intermediate if they were good enough to move forward. Do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah. If you've been there and you haven't had meaningful game time, like I'm not saying that you're not going to be involved in it, but like the following year, they need to get game time. Like if you're not getting hurling and if you're not hurling, there's something good, something is wrong there. Do you get where I'm coming from? So could you do that? Would girls want to do that? I don't know. And All-Ireland B... I don't know, does it, does it devalue? I, I couldn't see that. That wouldn't work for me personally. I think it would devalue the whole All-Ireland series. Even when you put the term B on anything, it's you're coming down a level if you know where I'm coming from. So I don't know. And, and that's something to look at. Well, maybe not call it B, call it something else. Like, I mean, you have the Premier Junior and then you have the Junior grade in underneath that, which is technically Junior B if you want to be. I suppose so, but it's just, I, I don't know. Uh, or maybe that if you win the Intermediate, whereby you have to go back and revamp and you go back down to, ju- I don't know, go back down to Junior and then work your way up again as development. I don't know. It's a really sticky one because you want girls to stay playing. You don't want to lose players Um I mean, it's a big bugbear of mine um, as we've been talking about <coughs> is that holding on to players is the key thing so if there was some way that you could do an, uh, uh, I don't know it's nearly like giving a player a, gre- a grading system but that's not right either but you'd love if there was girls that had been on the AL Ireland panel and they weren't getting game time that they could get a chance to get game time in and some the, way the old rule as well really kind of punished the girls as well because it was 24 months before you could actually mm. go and play intermediate mm, which again crazy. which I think that has since been changed now I'm open That's to stand correct year, but I think it's 12 yeah. months in yeah, it now yeah 
But even at that, like I feel like you look at you go back to twenty sixteen when Kilkenny both won the Intermediate and Junior All Ireland. Like you know, regardless, you know there was one player brought up from that intermediate squad up to that senior. In my opinion there probably was a lot more that were worth their merit to go up there. We look at one, for example, that wasn't brought up in 2016 and she's now one of the leading stars for that senior team and that's in Katie Nolan. You know, I think, you know, there was there is definitely something that can be done. I do think the 24 months and even to be honest with you, I do think the 12 months is a bit, it's a bit harsh. We're unfortunate, we're trying to promote our game or we're trying to get as many people involved. Yet. you know you have girls that win in All-Ireland and yet you're punishing them and you're telling them that they can't go back and for all the world retain their title like at you know for clubs for counties that have you know that ha- are able to field two inter-county teams you know there is going to be an awful case where a lot of girls are probably going to drop off like I'll be honest with you in 2016 when we won it there was definitely about eight or nine of us on that panel that we knew it was our last year so there's you know eight or nine girls that have gone off the panel so it's a, it's a new panel for all the world and there should have probably been more in my opinion opinion brought up so then like, therefore you're bringing in a new pilot it shouldn't have made a difference if they if they had won in All-Ireland they should have been able to go back and nearly try to retain their All-Ireland because I remember in 2017 then when you had to basically bring in a brand new panel it was next to near impossible like you know and it's again it's no disrespect but you had basically 30 girls in Kilkenny that weren't allowed to play one of them was brought up so there was 29 girls that weren't allowed to play county and they were good enough to play county at any level in my opinion and, and I think that's a problem. lot of experience yeah. as well Paul it needs to be yeah it needs to be maybe I suppose there has to be I, I don't know how they run it in Galway but I presume they have some kind of co- cohesive set up and there has to be a smooth transition because your intermediate panel needs to be feeding into your senior panel. Well does it help more that the same management and I mean Cahill has been there with Galway with the last number of years they all train together there's a big backroom team if there's any kind of a clash going on obviously there's different management team goes and he stays with the, the senior so is there benefit to actually having the same management over your senior and your intermediate team? Had it at minor this year with the Leinster A and B, and it is a it's it's tough. Organisational wise, it is tough, but the benefits for the players is actually fabulous because you can see that you know your the skill level. If you want to be hurled well, you have to be hurling against players that are of a, a high caliber, right? And sometimes for a lot of players, it's about having belief in themselves and be willing to take that step. And if you're out and if you're marking somebody and next thing you're getting, you know, hurling well against him, could be somebody that's on your A panel, just take from ourselves this year. And you could see the change, like the, the confidence that came into those girls. So I think it's something that does work, but it is a big undertaking. The logistics around it would need to be, you know, a firm structure and everybody know where they stand with regard to things um, and that's only minor you take senior intermediate mm, like only you know as that's, well that's from a big undertaking like. yeah. I mean you were there as management and you had a team put in place and it was relatively small but yep. you know it was still five or six people there I mean you had what Paul it was a five maybe seven, six seven. had you seven for the two panels yeah. and even at that like you struggled some days you know, with there was only three going to especially one when venue. you do matches, two matches on yeah, the same yeah. day. But the biggest thing is that if I, you know, whichever the management structure, there was faith in the group that was going with the other team, and there was an understanding, and mm-hmm. you know, there was no problem that if a decision was made, that you were trusted to make that decision. So that's the biggest thing is that if you're doing that, Colin Murray must actually have a lot of faith yeah. in the group that's around him, and you have to have that because if you don't. If you're not all singing off the one hymn sheet, it's not going to work. So everybody, you know, has to be org- organised and sort of orchestrated. It's like, 
seeing what works best 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 with which group on which particular day, if you know what I mean. So it's 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 good, but it's. It's, it, it would take a lot of organising. I have a quick question for you as well and we actually only noticed it um, the last day at the semi-final in Crow Park that he actually added to the management ticket and brought in Jeff Linsky in with him who hadn't, we haven't seen him now. I can't say whether he was there before or not but is that unsettling on a team? Now, in, <clears throat> in fairness to Jeff Linsky, he's an unbelievable manager. We've seen what he's done with the minors under-20s in Galway and the next thing you're bringing him along then to your senior setup, like, is it a bit unsettling to a team if you're bringing in a person that late, especially towards a semi-final or quarter-final even? I, I personally don't think so. I think it's actually it probably freshens it up a bit. I think it gives a new voice and maybe, you know, it, it, they could have been maybe a decision made in the fact that are things gone a little bit stale? Do we need something fresh? Do we need something new? Do we need to kind of, you know, put something back into this? So I think bringing, it, I think bringing someone in, it, it is a good idea. Like I know we did it in we did it a couple of years back with the intermediates. Pat O'Neill was with the minors at the time. Then once the minors were finished, then he was coming on board with the intermediates. And, you know, I thought it did. I, th- I thought it added something. I thought it added something to the intermediates and it was a fresh voice that the girls aren't listening to the same voices all over. And it's a little bit of experience. I know for some teams they might be kind of taken aback by it. But I think if you have, if you get the right person who, you know, who knows what they're talking about and, you know, they're just, you want them to bring in some bit of added experience into it. And, you know, I think in some case it can work unfortunately for Galway it didn't work but you know I think it can it can help <laughs> yeah, well it certainly can maybe to some people um, I suppose then bringing us to the big one quarter past four on the 7th of August Cork and Kilkenny renew rivalries it's hard to believe it that the association is going with 118 years and the final on Sunday will actually be only the 11th meeting of the two counties in that 118 years and the first time they actually met was in 1970 in an All-Ireland final <laughs> hard to credit it you would you would because you'd feel like that the rivalry between Kenny and Cork has been going on for years upon years upon years it feels like that it does but only more <sighs> only more recently um, I mean they first met in 1970 and it took four more years after Cork won the first meeting that was Kenny's first ever uh, All-Ireland as well Cork's first All-Ireland was 1934 so it took them a bit uh, earlier to get into a final but the first meeting of Kenny and Cork was 1970 and they didn't meet again then till 74 when Kilkenny actually got the better of them. Uh, Kilkenny then wanted to run and run, of course, in 74. They didn't meet again then until 81, 87, 88, 89, 91. And obviously there was a long gap then between 91 and they haven't met since to, to, to 2016, yeah, that 17 and 18. was fabulous. Like, I mean, you'd Sandy Fitzgibbon, you'd Linda Mellerick. They were just they were they were they were they were a really classy team to watch. I barely remember them. I was very young at that stage. I thought you would have talked out in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> no, 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 nineteen no. eighties. <laughs> but I remember because I remember watching the matches and there was just such a buzz around it. And you had but the yeah, s- running in uh the one three finals in the eighties and eighty, eighty two and eighty three. Um they lost the final in eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine and 
in 81 as well. Probably still, well, the, the, the 89 ones and all those type of ones, I'd say it was probably because that was Kilkenny they lost to, isn't it, a lot of those? Uh, they did lose to Kilkenny in 87, 88 and 89, yeah, three in a row. That's why it stays with me because we were winning and I remember you'd be watching but they were just a classy bunch and Sandy Fitzgibbon used to love about her. She was buzzing around the place and she was, um, she was jewel, she was an Irish basketball player as well and you could see how she brought different aspects of the game to it when she was playing as in she didn't play the traditional like midfielder or even when she was in the half forwards she and she played backs as well she was sort of everywhere and and for all the world Casey Nolan sort of reminds me of her you know it's petite in stature but the work rate is phenomenal and and that's when I see Katie Nolan I was starting to go oh, yeah I can see there's a touch touch of Santi Fitzgibbon about her when she's playing you know and which is, is you know I'm glad she's on our team well, there's not much between the, the two teams anyway. I mean, their win rate out of finals is 58% to Kilkenny, 57% to Cork. Cork, this will be their 50th All-Ireland final. Kilkenny, this will be their 25th All-Ireland final being in it as well. Um, Kilkenny's record, though, against Cork in All-Ireland finals is impressive. Out of the 10 that they played already, Kilkenny have won seven. Cork only have won three out of the 10 so the record is good but Anya there hasn't been much between the two teams in recent years we've seen it in the semi-final last year for the All-Ireland and everyone knows that Kilkenny are very hurt after uh, that semi-final and they want to get back to the final which they have done they're there now playing the old rivals of Cork um, again in the final so do you think that's uh, that plays on the minds like from the semi-final defeat last year like again they played one another in the league this year um, and were knocked out of a league final mm-hmm. only on scoring difference because there was nothing to separate the teams teams were uh, level at the end of the day and just Cork's greater scoring difference that day knocked Kilkenny out of the league final so there isn't much between the two teams when you put it down on paper No there certainly isn't and I think you know when you look at Kilkenny and Cork Kamoki over the last couple of years there's never anything really that has um, been the difference between two teams and you know they've always given us you know excellent games of Kamoki to watch and you're right like they are are our age old rivals there and you know you kind of you nearly kind of get a little bit more ruthless and a little bit more rawness from Kilkenny when they are coming up against the likes of Cork I think you know last year definitely in the All-Ireland semi-final I think that would have really hurt Kilkenny an awful lot because you know there was all this talk about you know Cork are going through transition and all this and you know this nonsense but if a team is going through transition and you're still getting to All-Ireland semi-finals and All-Ireland finals by God you're not going through transition at all Um, and I think that will I think that will definitely be something that Kilkenny you'd be kind of looking at I suppose the, the main obstacle you know was to get past the semi-final and to be drawn against Galway and you know we've obviously seen what a colossal game that was and it's probably the game of the year Camogie wise you know yeah. it certainly was and then I suppose then they kind of had to go back and they had to regroup, regroup and refocus and you know then to be playing Cork in an all Ireland final that's certainly something that you know they're kind of looking at going oh my god right if we're going to win this we're, we've really done it the hard way you know getting over Cork and hopefully then getting over or getting over Galway and then hopefully getting over Cork I think for both teams definitely for Kilkenny I think that they are going to be a lot more hurt from last year and I think especially the league final because Brian was speaking about it in the interview they did in the league stages down in um, in, down in Cork where he said that you know they haven't lost any games but yet they're not competing in a league final and I suppose that would have been their aim and their goal at the start of the year is to get to a league final you know everybody wants to win some sort of a trophy throughout the year no matter what it is and having that trophy 
it gives you that extra bit of confidence you know going into the championship stages and I think they'll be very hurt by that and you know for Kilkenny kind of going in you're kind of looking at it yes okay Cork didn't beat them the last day but they're looking at it if they might as well have bet us because you know we were knocked out, knocked out yeah. Yeah. so I think Kilkenny will be definitely keeping that in the back of their mind there and you know I think I suppose then for Kilkenny they definitely had the harder they ha- definitely had the harder semi-final but if you were looking at Cork in that semi-final you'd know that they're certainly there to be broken down and you know Ashing Thompson came on and she was the, the difference of she that was, yeah. she really was and I think that's where Kilkenny are going to have to be really on top of their game if they can you know null and void her out of the game I can't see why Kilkenny can't be winning it by seven or eight points to be honest with you. The last two all Ireland finals there has only been a point in it that they played as I said mm-hmm. 2017, 18 Kilkenny had a few extra points to spare in 2016 mm-hmm. you know the 17 was a late point in well into injury time like it was a, yeah. a point defeat you know we know that that fantastic score out on the Q6 stand sideline yeah. 2018 is probably a bit raw with the last time they played uh, one another in the final mm. as well you know everyone is still talking about the end of that game um, as well but I think Brian is more kind of focused this year on getting this team and the, there's a more togetherness that's there Um. And he said it himself, actually, I think that the, the recent bereavements all over the place, like Tommy's brother, you know, Brian's uncle, a couple of grannies um, that was there as well. It actually brought this team a lot closer together. And you could see that even in the semi-final against Galway, like the camaraderie, the team, the work rate in the second half was phenomenal. We know the first half was poor enough. But the second half, like if they can play like they did against Cork in the second half for a good 45 to 50 minutes, mm. can you remember a great chance? Yeah, I think so. And I suppose this year for a lot of them, you know, they were so hurt from last year because this is this is a group of girls that are, that were, have been used to getting to All-Ireland finals and to be beaten in a semi-final, it was kind of like, okay, well, hold on a second, what's after happening here? And, you know, for them, I think they had more, to, more time to kind of regroup and they did it in a different way this year and they've really come together and they've, you know, focused on one another and they focus on the team. I think certainly this year, I think they're a lot more mentally strong and we spoke about that just before the 2020 all Ireland if I can if I can put that right I think you know I was kind of saying that I was really like I was really kind of you know proud of how like they've grown mentally and they've gone mentally stronger and I think that was a big thing and you know listen it proved them right there, there as well and I think you can see it the same this year it takes an awful lot of hurt for these girls but they're well able to bounce back and they bounce back in the right way and I think you know that's shown and I think they've grown more as players as well and they've grown more as a teammate too so I think certainly Kilkenny are going to be going into this with confidence and the one thing I will say is the attitudes of those girls is they'll do anything for each other and they've certainly made they've certainly looked like they're really really good strong together team as well and they do anything for each other which is really good to see too yeah I mean apart from the 2015 and the 2021 All-Ireland Finals since 2013 Paula Kilkenny has been there in each of the finals just them two years it's a phenomenal record like for them I mean we've been talking about the hurlers and how good they have been and getting to All-Ireland Finals but I mean the girls have been there or thereabouts as well and performing to a standard that keeps them as one of the top two teams in the country at the minute. Consistently mm. they've been shown to do that and like I harped on about it last week the skill level that these girls have the dedication that they're given it's, it's a hundred and it's nearly 200% there is as Anya said there's a, a lovely vibe around them this year, there, you know, it's like 
that match against Cork and, and having to go the long way around as a result of the scoring differences and all the rest of it, that would have gotten to the girls. They'd be annoyed over that. And Brian would probably be annoyed over that too. Um, I suppose the match against Galway would have stand to them and having to go through the quarterfinals as well against Dublin. But really, when it comes to the J, it doesn't matter how skillful you are, how good you are. The biggest thing is who wants it the most. And I think this bunch of girls want it. Mm. You know, last they're year very hungry. Very right? last year was raw. Like, I, I, not that they're going to be even thinking about it, but in the back of their head, it's going to be there. Yeah. But they're hungry. You can even see it. Like, I mean, people are saying Denise God hasn't had, didn't have a good game, or whatever last day. But she was back out the field. She was working. She was putting in the box, the hooks. Things mightn't be going right for. Her. But they're all doing that. They're all working for each other, and that's what you love to see. You love to see that you know the player beside you has your back. But even at that, there's a maturity there with them this time because we said it in commentary the last day that we were in Crow Park. Denise was having a mayor on the freeze and we could see it from the warm up as well that some of them weren't going over. But she actually had the nerve to go and say, look, they're not going well. Pass them over to somebody else and give it to Casey Nolan for a couple, for Casey to have a try at it. Mm -hmm. Like a couple of years ago, Denise would have just kept banging away at them, maybe putting them wide, getting frustrated. But the maturity level that has come into this squad that you can see it has been unbelievable in the last couple of years. That's it. They're they're not playing, they're playing for each other. Yeah. As a group, <clears throat> and that's the big thing. As in, and if anybody like is taken off, I, I've seen it in the matches. I've noticed it. There's no like head down. It's like you know, high five. There, look, I've, I've emptied my tank. I've done as much as I can do. No straps. No, no straps. No, no, no ties. And you know, by the viable player coming up, you know that they're bloody shattered. Like you know, they're after giving whatever they can do, and now it's time for somebody else to come in with a fresh pair of legs and to do their bit. And that's what needs to be. It's not about your starting fifteen. It's about your panel. And the panel is more important because while they're pushing each other in training sessions and getting the best out of everyone else as well, you're dead right. And typical example of that was Tiffy Fitz the last day in the semi-final as well, where she went down, could barely stand. Mm. You know, she didn't really want to come off, but she did. She was after giving it her all. She couldn't give any more. And Kira Fielham was up there on the sideline, ready to go in. And what a replacement like to have to go in for Tiffy as well. So the bench that Kenny have are as important as what the players are on the field. And and to me personally, I think Kenny's bench is stronger this year than Cork's. I do too. I think it is. And I think that's the one thing that the will say whoever the starting 15 are on any given day, I think they know that they're very lucky to actually have that 1-15 to jersey because any girl can actually come in and replace them. And, you know, I think they probably know in the back of their heads, like, OK, I am... I am replaceable here. There is somebody else who's willing to come on. And I suppose if you kind of look back at all the matches throughout the championship, it hasn't been the same five subs that are coming on at all. So that just goes to show the talent that's in these guys. And, and there's no fear in the players that are going out that are starting in the 15. Yeah. They know that Brian has, you know, the way if you know you're lucky to have your jersey, sometimes players go into a mentality where, oh God, I've got to hold on to this jersey. <gasps> oh, the pressure, you know, they let the whole pressure get to them. That's not there. They're going out and they're hurling their socks off, giving 110. Yeah. And I think they know you do it as much as you could do and once you've played your part somebody else will yeah. slot into it there's not a fear factor there there's like they're going out and grabbing grabbing the bull by the horns and making the most of the whole situation rather than you know feeling the pressure of it and that's what I feel is that when they go out there's quite how would you say there? there's an intensity there but they're very relaxed and I would have noticed specifically the day above in Thorless. Um, you know they're down around the back of the old stand and you could just see okay they were hitting the ball off the ball but there was a nice relaxed but still the intensity was there it wasn't that you know 
nervous and you know completely all over the shop the, you know the pressure and you know they were able to look up oh well Paul how are things and he would say hello do you, do you know that kind of thing it's, it's like, like game face that when they cross yeah. the white line it's mm. like that they transform into something completely different you know that they're yeah as you say relaxed and nice demeanor about them but the minute but they go out on the field that. they turn into an animal like and just go straight for the opposition have you ever I say I keep going back to Kerry but Paul Galvin's book he said when you cross that white line now he said off the pitch and all the all the players would have said very nice chap but the minute he crossed over that white line that was the field of battle and you can see the change in intensity and I see that in Kilkenny is that once they cross that white line and go onto that pitch you can see there's a change in the demeanour it's straight out you know out there's no arson around it's just straight out into the pitch getting in there and getting that first ball and I think that's the the big thing and that even if things don't go right from the work rate and the intensity level has been savage. Yeah, I yeah. think they've more or less kind of they've adopted this kind of a motto that this is this is our job, this is our job to do this, and that's the way they're kind of looking at every game. And you know they're putting on the Kilkenny jersey, and it's like a job for them to put a job in a good way that they're representing the clubs, representing their family and friends. And you're right, like the maturity levels this year is unbelievable. The way they back each other is unbelievable, and they have this real sense of professionalism. I find I find with them this year. And okay, yeah, you know I, we heard so many people say you know these Denise Gall wasn't great the last there whatever you know okay she had a bad day on the freeze but her work rate and to go back to what Paul Correct. said yeah, was phenomenal. absolutely phenomenal and, mm. the, and that, that kind of annoys me then as well and I'm just kind of like you know at the end of the day she's human we, and we all of course have these huge expectations of her because of who she is but my god the, she, the donkey work that she was doing the last day particularly in the last 15 it's minutes so unselfish but this is it like yeah. and this and she's the player that she's the type of player that she, you know by looking at her she's doing it for the team it's not about like all the individual accolades that she has and will probably have many more to come but like she's doing it solely for the team it's more important for her for, to get the team over the line to her than to score the 10 or 12 frees that she that she might be taking but you know I think Kilkenny are certainly in a really really good place at the moment um, and I think you know credit, credit where credit is due to the boys Whatever they're doing inside there, they really are instilling a bit of belief in the in, belief in them too, and um, you know it, it's working, and they're back in an All Ireland final. But just even on that, when you're talking about Denise Gall, she's not having a bad game. Like you can't actually say, "Oh yeah, Denise Gall was terrible." Like mm. as you say, her freeze was bad. But you know, there's other players around it that may not have, you know. I suppose played to their potential that we know yeah. that they can play with but every one of those players still contributed a certain amount to it whether it be work rate blocking <coughs> hooking you know going back in the backs I mean mm. Julia Malone and Denise was back in the half back line and in the full back line helping out the defence yeah. near the end of that game as well Like so Kilkenny's work rate I don't think can be matched this year by any team because when they want they can put on the afterburners they can put on the style and we've seen it against Galway that when they need to they can put on the scores yeah. and to get the last four scores is brilliant. Yeah, but even the dispersal of scores, lads. Mm. We're this year are actually people. really good. Like when all of our forwards and even our midfields half-backs are kicking in at this stage. Yeah. So it's, it's it's the dispersal of scores. So the question is, Cork are going to be going right, okay, they're going to want to mark Denise. That's fine. Yeah. But how are they going to deal with all the others? Because they're all well able to score. Yeah. So do they revert to type like they did when Ashley Thompson came on and went back and did the sweeper? Or are they going to go man and man? So that's the other dynamic, the matchups and how the the tactics mm. are going to come into play. And the minute that you see a sweeper, you automatically think, ah, Davey must have had a hand on that one. And, and that's what you're thinking when you're looking at the game. So I don't know this 
it's that dynamic is going to be even more interesting to see how it plays out. But I do think firmly that Brian and the lads will stick to their game plan. Yeah. They're not going to all. They're not going to change it. No. no. Fourteen is the answer to your question. Fourteen different scorers between Leinster Championship and All Ireland this year. Kilkenny has had, and I think isn't there? There's about three of them certainly within the top ten, if not four, in the top ten of championship scores this year as well. So far, you know, you're looking at Denise, Casey Nolan, Miriam, mm-hmm. and I think it was Mary O'Connell maybe thrown in there as well you know, certainly are in the top 10, like, you know, so Kilkenny. And I think if you look at Cork's one, it really is just Amy O'Connor that is in there. And Cork have 15 <coughs> different scorers throughout between Munster Championship, um, etc. But Amy O'Connor is by far the biggest threat, like mm-hmm. 539 in total. Um, and you have to come back then to Chloe Sigerson, who has 119 and Katrina Mackey with 215. The rest of them then are all either seven, one, four, three, twos and yeah. just single points down along. But uh, I mean, we're talking Kilkenny that they have a good panel, but I mean, Cork have a good team as well. We can see it. Amy O'Connor, we just said it there. We know that she can get scores. Mm-hmm. She did it against Waterford. You know, any momentary lapse of concentration in the back line and yeah. the Cork forwards will be there to pounce. So mm. Kilkenny are going to have to be on their game for the full 70 minutes and to concentrate because if not, Cork will be there to punish them. Yeah, they certainly will. And I suppose like Cork have always had that threat up front, you know, for numerous years. And I think Chloe Sagerson is certainly kind of coming back to her four, I suppose, at the start of the year. I, I feel like there may have been injury woes about her, but, you know, she's gradually getting better. And I must say, like, who really impressed me in the All Ireland semi final for Cork was um, Libby Coppinger at full back. Like, and, you know, if herself and Miriam are going to be taking on each other today of an All Ireland final, that's going to be one belter of a duo there. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. And I suppose, you know, I remember Libby Coppinger playing in cornerback the year that she was playing in cornerback for Cork in the intermediates in 2016 and you know you can see how she's evolved as you know a player and a dual player as well and you know we have to remember Hannah Looney is back there as well and you know she's really just kind of coming back into the four as well after being away in New York so you know the extra you know the game in the All-Ireland semi-final an extra two her, weeks her yeah, yeah a lot of, a lot of you know so pitch. you know Cork are by no means wrote off at any stage and we're not saying that but I just think Kilkenny's work rate I think if Kilkenny open up Cork within the first 15 minutes I think Kilkenny will drive on but I think you know to go back to it again the person that they're really going to have to monitor amongst because everything comes from her is Ashling Thompson and it's going to have to be a man marking job on her somebody is going to have to take one for the team and sacrifice their game I well, felt, That was my next question yeah. actually to you because we can see what Brian Cody has done with Mikey Butler with the horrors yeah. throughout the year like if you're Brian Dowling and you're looking at putting someone on Ashling Thompson who would you be picking to do that man marking job and just telling her wherever she goes follow her just get the ball away from her don't leave her get it into her hand who is the person or uh, have you anyone in mind for it either one of you can answer that now see the thing is where are they going to play are they going to play her as a sweeper midfielder half forward half back well it's hard to know because I mean she wa- I, I, I think what they'll do is they'll put her in uh, she'll start off either half forward or midfield and then we'll revert back to a sweeper but do you then follow her if she's playing as a sweeper like does that then put an extra back in with Kilkenny I would be looking to me personally I think the only person 
that would that could show nothing that any of the other girls couldn't because you'd hate I'd hate to like I wouldn't be putting the likes of Denise Gall on her because Denise has to play her own game and by God Denise would be helping out there as well but I think for me the only person would be Neve Dealey I think she'll just follow her she'll run around after she'll harass her she'll annoy her she'll bug her Not for an hour I was thinking but a good shout you know and I think I think I don't know I don't know is that called like I don't know if the lads but then again like I don't know will Kilkenny decide that they'll be kind of like well hold on a second now Ashling, there's more than Ashling. Ashling Thompson and Cork have more true, to worry about yeah. Kilkenny. But I do think, like you know, anybody that did watch the match, she instigated everything for Cork. Like you look at Cork didn't score. Well, until then she came the, the key field. thing, what I would be doing is cutting at the supply to her. Yeah, that's where you start. Yeah. And then that makes things a lot different. So it's the supply of the ball. So straight away, which Kilkenny have been doing mm. is that if she goes as a sweeper, all the Kilkenny players straight up, when they're hitting the ball, the head is up straight away. Mm. The minute they get the ball in the hand, they head it up. They're looking for the options. So they're going to have to play the smart ball. Yeah. So if they're coming down the wing, what I'd be aiming for is a cross field ball. Yeah. Off over to the far corner, play the corners, keep it wide. Because Ashing's going to want to like she has I, I'm not saying she's old but like I mean I'm just saying she has a lot of miles on the clock yeah. there'll be a lot of running there Crow Park is a big pitch she has a powerful engine she it? has a powerful engine mm. but you need to be keeping away so that's keeping playing it down the wings and going through the lines yeah. and getting the fast ball in yeah. and like and we saw how um, against our Dublin today the fast ball into Miriam Walsh worked treat fast in her physical strength and if the ball is coming fast enough and we're coming in streams up Cork are going to find that very hard to do it so that's that's the thing is to cut off the supply and be smart about our clearances and our distribution of ball. Um, and that would neutralise the effect of having a sweeper. So that means that they would have revert back to 15 on 15 mm. and move back up. Now, Do you think that both backs are going to have to be careful um, about even the way that they tackle? Because we saw Waterford was, you know, well ahead on the scoring front Um you know, or even should have been with the freeze that they were getting because the cork backs weren't able to contain the water for forwards. We know what can happen when Kilkenny forwards get the ball. You get a quick ball into Mary O'Connell and Casey and even Julianne. You know, I mean, they're well able to round players, make the cork defenders, you know, bring them into a tackle, force them to make a mistake. And they're physically, what I've noticed about Kilkenny this year is that physically they're very... They're not beefed up or anything like that, mm. but they're physically able to take the tackle. As I call it, it's bounce back ability. So they can take the tackle and go on again. And that's something that maybe we might have been lacking a little bit in years gone by, you know. But this year specifically, I can see it. They take the tackle and there was some hard crunching tackles in this. My God, there was. And they were able to take the tackles and go again. But to be focus. fair, no one was giving out about any of the tackles. Everyone no, no, was enjoying but you have to be able to do yeah. that nowadays. You have to have that bounce back ability and be able to take the tackle and go on again and keep your composure, head up. But that's what you want to see as well, Paula, though. You know, you want to be teams to be left, you know, at it to a certain degree, yeah. but well within the rules. The last thing you want to be seeing is stop start. You know, nobody wants to see that, especially in an all iron final. Everybody wants to see the two best teams go at it, hammer and tongs, plenty of scores at it, put the scores on the board, well, and that's what everyone as wants. As I always say, if a referee is doing a good job, you don't even notice that they're there. And that's the really key thing that, like, you know, I love the way you looked over at me now with a dirty <laughs> scowl saying, look at that. Like. like, no, but you're right. Right, like, you don't yeah. want to. You don't want to be this highlight of the game or the day is the girls playing. You don't necessarily want to be commentating or commenting during the match or after the match with regard to the referee was whistle happy or something else or whatever. It's about letting the girls play and show the game for the skill level mm. and how good it is. So really, we'd be hoping that come 
Sunday evening at six o'clock we'd be saying Jesus there was some great camogie in that match and, yeah. and it was brilliant and all the rest of it and then afterwards you'll probably think about 20 minutes later God the referee did a great job because you the, didn't Yeah let's be fair the, the last couple of all Ireland finals has been like that and everybody has said the very same thing you know that it was a fantastic game nobody was talking about anything else apart from the game of camogie which mm. is exactly what we want but we have to say there. I always say it, there's two teams out in the field but there's not there's actually three teams to be fair because the referee and his team um, are classed as a team as well and they're there and they have a big job and yes there's a lot of pressure on when you have the likes of me sitting in a stand with a clipboard and trying to check every mistake like that they're going to make or whatever that way but in fairness to them they do a fantastic job they're there all year they go out every week um, and we're certainly going to wish them the best of luck and we're also going to wish Liz Dempsey uh, the best of luck because she is part of All-Ireland Final 2022 as well because she's going to be standby in the intermediate final for Gavin Dunnigan of Dublin uh, who we know very well he's been down in Kilkenny many uh, a time over the, the last uh, 12 months as well so we wish uh, all of the match officials Mike Ryan in the junior his team Gavin Dunnigan in the intermediate and of course Ray Kelly doing the senior um, as well and to all of the officials um, we might give out about them sometimes but in fairness without games we can't have them I know, look, or without refs we really couldn't have can't, games I should say and do you know what a fair play to those people you know um, as I saw on the Kamogi website there was the, the new referees programme they had um, yes the academy the academy was up yeah. and, that's and we had someone in that and that's Kira. brilliant front and centre Kira Murphy was there yeah so we wish Kira um, the very best of luck with that it was brilliant that. to yeah. see that and that's, that's mm. you know to see all these people taking part and lads it's not an easy job like I mean I know I, I harped on about it a bit last year that when it's you're a referee the easiest job in the world so it is <laughs> yeah once you don't have aggro <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. at the end of the day people are doing that job in utmost good faith and it's the same with players no player goes out to have a bad game no no player goes no. out to pull across somebody it's usually just in the heat of battle or something accidentally happened so what you have to say is that accidentally everybody on purpose w- <laughs> as someone said to me before <laughs> never um, but it's all about them that they're all going out there and they're all volunteers we're all doing it for the love of the game and at the end of the day, you know, you can say whatever. If you get, if you have an enjoyable day out, somebody's going to have to win. Somebody's going to have to lose. I hope we win. And, you know, that it goes from there. And and that, like, I mean, once the day goes well and once everybody comes off that pitch and can go back to work the following week and, and everything is OK, that's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Well said, Paula. Uh, well, we're not going to delve too much more into the All-Ireland Finals because... Casey Allure has a special uh, preview programme that is coming up live on air a special edition of Come On Kind podcast which will be going out on Friday evening which is the 5th of August live from Dixborough GAA Club in Parmerstown home of the captain this year Eva Prendergast and that will be going out live on air between 7 and 9pm you'll be able to join myself Anya and Paula from Dixborough with many many guests uh, former players former administrators uh, RTE pundits you name it we are going to have them live from Dixborough on Friday evening so make sure that you tune into that special edition of the All-Ireland Preview Show also we must congratulate two Kilkenny people uh, Noel Murphy was taking part in the Puckfather finals in yeah. the Cooley Mountains today and Noel came a very respectable third um, in the competition so well done to Noel on that uh, the under 16 and the Camogie the senior Camogie it's actually history being made this uh, year 
because the Lynch sisters uh, actually claimed victory in the senior and in the intermediate and uh, they're from the Sarsfields Club in Cork Molly and Lucy so uh, well done to the the girls for the under 16 and the camogie wins there and also to the hurlers because Killian uh, Phelan from Kilkenny actually claimed the senior title he's from Clara yeah. so our chairperson out there Therese Elwood will be very happy um, as she was when he won the Kilkenny puck for the final so well done to Killian uh, on winning the All-Ireland title there so brilliant uh, start to the weekend for Kilkenny people Can I give a quick shout out and the best of to all of the under 14 teams well, I was going to get to that because oh, that's I actually on the agenda because no that that is that's certainly uh, coming up as well on uh, that because we did say it it's great that the 14s are back they're able to parade at half time in the All Ireland final um, as well. So, Paula, since you want to give a big shout out ah, to look, us. Look, look, it's great work being done at under 14 level. We have three panels there. Um, uh, our first group are out in Abbottstown in the Mary Moran Cup. Um, so, if MD is in Dublin on Saturday, call out to any of the venues. Our second group are out uh, It's in Dungani in Meat Centre of Excellence and that's in the Lily Spence and then our third team are playing in St Anne's in the Rosina McManus so it'll be a brilliant day if anybody's around Dublin wants to see some good camogie it's very exciting um, you're going to see some of the stars of the future and it's just it's like a festival camogie and I think even the and then all of those teams will be back in Crow Park on the Sunday for the parade around Crow Park and that is one of the best Atmospheres. It's. I think it's the closest. Somebody, one of the youngsters of the year we were there said, "This is like being the Olympic Games when you have the opening, you know, the opening ceremony because of all the flags <laughs> and the whole thing." And it was just a, a brilliant atmosphere for it, you know. Yeah, no, it certainly was. You never got mm. to do that on you. No, unfortunately not. wasn't um, wasn't there in my day. Yeah, and then of course Cork won the under sixteen All Ireland against yeah. Tipperary. Just going to on say a good that. scoreline yeah. as well. Yep, yeah. we have to congratulate uh, Cork on the under sixteen a two eighteen to ten points against Tipperary. Tip wouldn't be happy with that, but that's no. the under sixteen and the minor for Cork now in the Tesco under sixteen and minor finals. So you know they're still there, thereabouts coming up strongly. It's I a suppose that's the one thing with regard to Cork over the last number of years and Galway is that they've been quite successful at those age groups, mm-hmm. and it, it seems to be that they have a conveyor belt coming through so that's something maybe that we all need to be keeping an eye on as well as moving forward and, and Well we certainly know. need to look at it because I mean we've had teams at 14, 15 blitzes that has gone out and beaten all these teams before and when it comes then to 15 aside we can't seem to to get it together I suppose there's a big difference that I was saying between the blitzes There's a huge the difference match. Yeah and huge It's completely different because the blitzes are only like a short 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 was 10, 15, 15, 20 minutes aside if even 15, 15 minutes aside yeah. yeah so it's completely different so I suppose it's about bringing it on to the next level and can I just say thanks as well to all of the coaches and all the girls that turned up for the under 13 academy on Saturday morning we close on to about 120 um, a lot of people were gone on holidays so we're down from our 160 from the previous month Yeah so explain the academy to people like you you started an under 13 academy going back a couple of weeks ago so what's the idea behind the academy the and I, tell us what's happening going forward right, The idea behind the academy is that it's about giving girls and coaches it's not just for the girls it's not about the best girls in your club it's any girl that was born as is is 13 this year can come in and they get to come in and we have different coaches there and we do different drills try to get them to realise like the key thing first thing we've said to them lads you're going to have to listen 
and 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 as as one of the coaches says to me, God, they're listening to you, but they won't listen to us. But I said, you're going to have to set that tone. So they're listening to what we're telling them. It's about getting the drills, being able to hit left and right on the ground, left and right out of their hands and that they can bring that intensity. It's all well and good to be able to do that. But you know the way, as I said, that controlled aggression or controlled intensity that you need to have playing sport. So it's about getting to realise that, okay, you're able to do it, but you're going to have to up your game and, and, and improve in those skill sets. So that's what we're doing. We're inviting all of, once you're 13 within the year, they can all come in. There's no problem. Clubs can send in as many people as they want. And we're encouraging clubs to send in coaches as well, who some will just observe and others will actually help out with the actual drills and just give encouragement. And then we just point out little things like, I mean, stuff like small things like that, even the grip that they have on the hurl, you know, catching the ball short, having the angle of the hurl, like the tilt of the hurl, you know, when the ball comes all of a sudden it's going flying up into the air, small stuff like that. And it's done in a fun way. So they're all enjoying us so far. Feedback has been good. And um, we have another session coming up on the 20th of August. There'll be one in September. And then we have decided to put a final one on in October. And it's just that the girls would get a chance now. These all girls would be eligible to go forward for trials next year for under 14, but they have plenty of time to work on it. Yeah. And that's the idea. And even But it gives them a bit of a basis though as well what to look forward to next year and they're not coming in green like, you exactly. know. Exactly. But it's, it's like that if they take those skills and transfer those skills to the clubs, that's the most important thing. Panels are great and all the rest of it and development panels and... and under 14 and 15 others. But if they take those skills back and apply it to the, to the clubs and if the coaches take something back and learn something and apply it to the clubs, that means we're going to increase our skill level at club level and it has to be beneficial to both club and also to the county. So if you're not strong at a club level, you're not going to be strong at county level. So the two have to be symbiotic and work together. And hopefully next year we further plans for other age groups. And I suppose we the reason we target 13, first of all, is because that's the fall off age because at the age of 13, you've transitioned from primary to secondary school. We're losing a lot of girls and it's trying to keep them playing. And that's the main thing. And that's the thing. It's about keeping girls playing. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be looking, maybe expanding a bit more and looking at other key, just like that 16, 17, where you're losing a lot of players from junior search when they're going to transition here. Yeah, well, it's all good, but uh, we must also congratulate our neighbours in Leash. Uh, they were playing Carlo um, a couple of weeks ago in the semi-final. Leash beat Carlo in the semi-final, and they actually then went on and won the All Ireland B Under Sixteen as well, defeating Antrim uh, last weekend. So well done to uh, Leash. Game. It was streamed live. It was a ding dong game. On your goal it. in at four oh, seven to three seven. It was a really good game, and and it was just um, I think Leash needed. You know, big time, big yeah. time, just to give a boost to the whole thing, and and because football seems to be taken over there, which is great once they're playing any sport. But like, I mean, from Camogie's perspective, you'd be delighted to see them to have some success yeah. at, at the under sixteen. Yeah, hard on poor Wexford again, two years in a row in the LGFA final. You'd, you'd wonder what the poor uh, people in Wexford have to do <laughs> to try and win in all Ireland down there, especially as uh, ladies football. But um, yeah, we had a, a busy weekend as well with the club finals that we're going to go through them very very quickly indeed but we have some fundraisers that we have to announce as well because obviously the uh, players are looking for sponsors uh, if anyone wants to sponsor them details are all on uh, the social media with Kilkenny Camogie you'll be able to find details there also the big one in association with ourselves here on KCLR is the Hurls and Curls table quiz the Komogi quiz on Thursday the 4th of August we will be here live in the studio here in KCLR 
belting out the questions to over 20 venues around the county at the minute so they will all be released tomorrow of where you can get uh, along to it it's only 20 euro for a table of four it's general knowledge questions they are not too hard I can tell you if you're anyway decent at all as Paula Dowling will tell you because I think Paula Dowling the last time ye ha- or we had the quiz you were actually part of the winning team we were we were, we were out in Farrell's Bar uh, we of course I mean we're, we, I had a team with me that were mindful of useless information on social <laughs> and um, it was some of the questions were you know the way they were so they weren't hard, hard but some of them were so obvious you nearly doubted yourself yeah but you have to have a couple of hard ones like to oh, determine no, yeah. who was the winner like I mean but they can't be all I easy like say some of the people that were doing obviously they weren't from my age group they were obviously way older because um, I wasn't able to answer some of those music questions thank god <laughs> I had somebody older on the team that knew it but I know it's, it's brilliant crack it's really enjoyable it's only 20 euros I mean it's only five or a head like yeah, when you go to bank. it you know and um as well as that there'll probably be some raffle tickets there as well yes that's my next thing there is a raffle on a show as well for it so this year normally we would have a big cruise or a nice big holiday for someone to look forward to but the way that the airports and travel and everything is going at the minute what we have decided to do is to give a 1500 euro holiday voucher to the winner of the raffle to put towards any holiday package that you would like in association with Mar- City Travel and Tom Britton so any package you book with himself you will have a voucher worth €1,500 to make your own holiday to tailor it to whatever you want whether that be a cruise or a safari or whatever Tom has going uh, at the day on special or anything you can put that to it there's also a prize of a weekend away in any of the Neville hotels for a two nights stay including breakfast each morning for uh, there's four hotels I think one in Dublin one in Waterford they have one in Kilkenny um, and they have Wicklow if I'm not mistaken it's uh, Druid's Glen that's in Wicklow as far as I know so yeah that's a, a nice prize there's a television on go and there's also uh, a four ball as well for uh, Gordon Park Golf Club and I don't think I'm leaving anything out am I? This one's for the cherry. Uh, oh yeah well that'll be all online but um, thanks to our sponsors of course uh, we have Marble City Travel we have Electro City we have Gorm Park Golf Club and we have the Neville Group uh, of course the River Court is there also the banquet is coming back to Kilkenny on Sunday the 7th of August tickets are still available if you want to get to the post-match banquet it's being held in the River Court Hotel details of ticket sales uh, and how you can do that are also online as well the tickets are only €40 Euro, so it's great that the girls can come back to Kilkenny party away and if you'd like to join them uh, you're more than welcome to do so just get online and buy them tickets uh, and other than that have we anything else? You're all melting. Come on, speak up someone. And don't forget the GoFundMe page. There oh, well. yeah, the GoFundMe page is obviously uh, available online for anyone around the world. You know, if you're out in Australia, um, you're an ex-Kilkenny Pat, you know, you might be an ex-Camogie player, uh, you know, you can, or you're not part of a company and you'd like to get involved some way, go onto the GoFundMe page, throw a few quid at it if you can, because all the money raised goes towards the All-Ireland weekend and it is a costly weekend, I can tell you, to get to uh, an All-Ireland final so any bit of help at all at all would be very much appreciated on that outside broadcast 
Uh, I don't think there's anything else because there's uh, well, the outside broadcast will be gone by the time this goes out on air anyway so um, that won't matter to us unless you're listening to us on Tuesday evening there is an outside broadcast unit with John Keane with his lunch show in O'Loughlin Gales from 12 o'clock until 4 o'clock this Wednesday coming uh, with the lunchtime show that John puts out there will be a camp in O'Loughlin's so there will be a chance for all of the boys and girls there to be interviewed by Mr. Keane himself and to uh, see who they're going to be supporting and you never know maybe there might be a couple of Cork people involved in O'Loughlin's as well but that is it from us until Friday evening when we will be back live with a special edition of Come On Kind on uh, 96.6 FM or 96 FM online or on the KCLR 96 FM app as well from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock in Dixbury. You're more than welcome to join us out there for the live preview shows with our special guests and as usual don't forget wherever you get your podcasts to get it from uh, and listen to ourselves waffling on as we usually do. If you like it, great. If not, sorry, we can't do much about it. We're still going to keep going and doing them anyway Um, and we'll hope to see you as well at the All-Ireland Final weekend but until then, Anya and Paula, it's been a pleasure. It's goodbye from us all. Goodbye. Bye. She's writing it. She's taking it. Goal for Tipperary. It's in the net. Their, their match, their physicality rise, and you know they're going to every ball there. Outstanding game. You might have played so far. This place. The actual day of the after there, you know, she pops up at a point, a very much needed point, which we can't really lose it. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Anya Fahey. Oh, no!